You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, October 2nd. The 49ers are resting up after another dominant win against a divisional opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, on Sunday. Weston is out today. He's making it out for the Giants game against the Seahawks. So hopefully he gives some good juju to the Giants so he could beat the or they could beat uh, Seattle. We would love to see that. Um, So joining me today to discuss our thoughts on Sunday's game and the best 49ers performances is Christopher Johnson. How's it going today, man? Long time, no talk. Oh, yes, my friend. I'm good. I hope you're doing well and everything. I'm out here on this uh, business trip outside Tampa, but I knew we'd be talking today, so made sure to pack my uh, my Niners gear, rocking the Trent Williams today. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this game. Yeah, man. He's, he's in a suit, and he's wearing his Trent Williams jersey. Like, that is legit right now. I'm respecting the drip. So, <laughs> but, but Chris, I saw yesterday on your Instagram, you did post that you purchased a, a new home. Yes. Yes. So, uh, awesome. me and my wife, Thank Emily, we got married in July. I appreciate you, Steph. You showed, show some love on Instagram. Thanks so much. And yeah, we just got a crib in early September and we're setting things up and we, you know, you know, when you got to set things up first and then you can finally kind of post about it. So yeah, that's why I dropped that yesterday. But thanks so much. Appreciate that's you. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I can't imagine a better Sunday than yes. watching the 49ers win and locking in a new home. Like that's oh yeah, had the LED awesome. lights on red and everything for 49ers red. It was great. Hell yeah. Well, we're going to get into this game. Uh, the 49ers coming off a 10-day rest after their Thursday night football game against the Giants. Went into this game, I would say, extra ready. And I think for a couple of reasons. First, the Arizona Cardinals had just beat the Dallas Cowboys a week before. So the 49ers kind of knew what was coming to town. And I think that really helped ensure that this wouldn't be a trap game. Instead, it was the Cowboys who fell into the trap. We'd love to see that. And secondly, I think despite the 49ers winning by multiple scores against the Giants and, you know, scoring 30 points in all of their games, I felt like the overall sentiment seemed to be that there was some room for improvement and some things to clean up, right? Like from the 49ers side, like all the players kind of shared that. Kyle Shanahan said the same thing. And so I think coming into this game against the Cardinals, you could tell that they want with this mini buy, you know, that they wanted to fix some of those things. And I was very pleased against the Cardinals who are playing some hard fought, hard fought football right now. So credit to them, you know, Jonathan Gannon has them playing really hard, some good football. Um, But we saw a 49ers team that I think was better than the team we had saw or seen the previous three weeks, especially on offense. I agree. I think this is hands down probably their best performance of the year. Um, And they played well so far already, you know, but, you know, some of those slow starts that you saw um, in previous games didn't happen. Were there some uh, hiccups along the way? Of course. I mean, nothing's ever perfect, but Brock Purdy damn near was right. Um, But to your point, you know, not always has Shanahan's teams um, in his era in in San Francisco had a, you know, good, um, uh, game coming off of a buy or an extended, you know, a, a mini buy, if you will, you would have swore they just, you know, had a regular seven game rest. I mean, I, I was just very, very impressed. I know we'll get into a little bit, but, um, you know, I think it was probably a good thing that they beat Dallas. I mean, it, you know, it gave it a little bit of a, Hey, we can't take these guys lightly, you know, not that they would have I mean, division opponent. Um, but still, I agree with what you're saying um that uh you know they just were dominant i feel and you know the team was settled in um again you know there were some opportunities that 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 arizona had as a result of um some plays here and there and arguably in my opinion their officials um but overall i think it was it was a dominant performance by the 49ers yeah and it and it seemed like they're at this point where they don't need to even need to get everyone involved in like the game plan. Like we didn't, we 
didn't really see Kittle too much in this one. Debo seemed to be mostly a decoy in this one. And it was the Brennan Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey show from there. So, like, they can beat you a variety of different ways. You remember the week previous to that, it was the Debo show and Ayuk was out. So, like, I think we're seeing that they can win a variety of different ways. We had already seen that, I thought through the first three games now it's like we're, we're seeing a new level and and as far as the improvements i saw from this team red zone execution mm-hmm. definitely improved they were five five, five in the mm-hmm. red zone uh so that was one of the things they fixed i look i'm i'm a jake moody fan i, I like what he was doing in those first three games but if he doesn't need to throw like kick a field goal i want him kicking a field goal right the 49ers have the talent on offense to execute in the red zone every time. And so I, I like that they finally got that. And then also the penalties, they, they really lowered the amount of penalties. I believe they were averaging about, you know, six or seven a game in the first three games of the season in week four against the Cardinals, they had just four penalties. So I do appreciate that. that They also worked on that in this mini buy. So I think we're just going to continue to see this team like improve each and every week. Now they have a tough test ahead of them. We'll talk a little bit about that matchup uh, towards the end of the show, but I, man, everything looks great for this team right now. They're rolling. Without a doubt. And this era of Niners football, um, even dating back to, uh, you know, the Chiefs game last year, this stretch, and then also you have a smattering of it in, in previous seasons um, since Shanahan has been in, in San Francisco, is unlike anything that some people have seen in their lifetime. I mean, I'm 40 years old, so I, I saw Joe Montana play. I saw the Jerry Rice, you know what I'm saying, era and all that. But I'm saying as it relates to Sh- Shanahan and, you know, CMC, um, just the way that Brock Purdy is being efficient. And, not efficient for the sake of saying efficient, like my man is being like unbelievably efficient. And I've, I have honestly, I can admit, I will admit, I'm not saying I was a Brock Purdy hater, but I think I may have been a little more, um, uh, how do I say, I'm still out on Brock Purdy. I'm still skeptical, out on Brock you're Purdy. on the skeptical side. I was on the skeptical side, but, okay. but on the same token, I mean, you can't, I mean, come on. I mean, are you still skeptical? I'm like, not at all. no, not at all. That ship has sailed. Like that ship sailed, honestly, like, you know, seeing how he was playing week one, week two, I'm like, this is what I'm seeing. I feel is Brock Purdy. You know what I'm saying? I think what we're seeing is what we're getting in my opinion. In my opinion, I expect him to just keep getting better. Um, and of course, like, you know, he had some slow starts the last two games, but even his worst was like, you know, we would still take that. Still scoring 30 yeah. points. Brock 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. So, <laughs> there we go. So, but more Brock so speaking of, Yeah, Brock, right. Brock Tober. But to your point, like this era of 49ers football is unlike um, anything that we've seen in a very long time. I think they're the highest team in the league. Um, I was a little disappointed that Sunday Night Football uh, didn't highlight them at all in any way, shape or form during the uh, halftime, you know, showing any uh, 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 clips or highlights. But that's OK. Mm-hmm. I really no. didn't. I so I was tuned no. out by then because I was like, man, this game. Yeah, so stats and I kind of tweeted but... back and forth to each other a little bit about that, but <laughs> but this team is rolling. This team is rolling, and yeah. you know, to your point, there's a formidable opponent next week, but we will talk about that. We will talk about that, but let's get to some of the best performances of the game. And Weston, who is probably, you know, on his way, maybe in the parking lot at MetLife, I don't know. But he says, only one answer this week, CMC, count this vote. So I will count that vote, Weston. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for the donation, man. Um, Well, you know, me and Chris are going to hold it down here for you. 49K, make sure you put the hashtag 49K in the comments so we know you're in here. Let's get into these top performances of the week. And so once again, like we're fortunate enough to get to do this on a Monday after a win. You know, it's always a lot easier to look at the best performances and all the good things that happen in a game after a win. So that makes our job a little bit easier here. Um, And I mean, especially when you got these studs on offense who had some really big games and For those of you who are new to the channel, new to the show, every Monday we nominate a number of 49ers players who had exceptional games on that given week. We make our case for each player, and we let you guys, our live viewers, vote for 49K Player of the Week in the YouTube live chat. So, Chris, let me ask you, who's your first nominee uh, for 49K Player of the Week? 
All right, and no, and so no particular order. Yeah. All, all right, no particular order. So I'm gonna go. I'm a. I'm a. You know, not not do the obvious that some people may see as the obvious. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. So Brock Purdy, you know, uh, I mean, you, you just want to talk numbers in, in command of the game. Um, twenty of twenty-one. I mean, passing two hundred eighty-three yards. Had a touchdown pass. Had a touchdown run on the sneak. Uh, the rating was at one thirty-four. You know, completion percentage is at ninety five percent because we only had that one that one incompletion, and that one incompletion was like ditching it. I mean, if anyone, he, he was like, almost sacked. Yeah, he was almost exactly. sacked on that one. So I mean, and then you saw in the in the post game, CMC was like, "I'm gonna take credit for you know the the um the, the incompletion the that he did have or whatever." He took blame. Yeah, took the blame. Um, QBR ninety seven. Um, you know, he was uh three for three on passes over twenty yards. I mean, you. You can't ask for a much better game than that. I mean, I don't. I mean, sure. Are there are there are there games in which you see like the, you know, the 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 Josh Allen's and the yeah. Justin Herberts and the Patrick Mahomes throwing for like four twenty five, four thirty five, four fifty? Sure, you know. Um, but the efficiency, the ball placement, the anticipation. That's what I'm talking about when I'm, you know, being an objective, just like watching the game as a fan. I mean, how can you not love what this guy's doing? And then in this game, I mean, just the, he didn't seem like he broke a sweat to me. I'm not trying to sound <laughs> biased, but like, it looked, it looked, eat, right? Like there was, there was like, I think one drive, one drive that he commanded that they had to punt. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's going to happen in the game. You expect a punt in the game, but he only happened once, but Oh my goodness! Like Brock Purdy is, um, he's he's tearing it up. So in this game in particular, I mean, because of his numbers and stuff, he's on a pace. Um, according to ESPN, um, for forty three hundred yards, twenty one touchdowns because of you know where he's at four games through the season. Um, not trying to jinx anybody, but I'm You're just trying that's to tell. His pace? That's his. That's his. That's his projection. Okay. So like yeah. So so I'm not trying to jinx him, but I do want you know you and I talking about it and everyone that's listening to understand like what's happening and what, like, you know, if he was to keep up this level of play, he's going to have numbers that we haven't seen since Jeff Garcia. I mean, period. So uh, that's my first um, for, for consideration for everybody to vote Um, Brock Purdy, um, just his command of the offense, just getting after it, you know, making, you know, just making it look, he made it look easy against a team that really kind of gave it to the Cowboys last week. Yeah. Yeah, 20 of 21. Um, we already talked about the one incompletion, 283 yards, two touchdowns. Even the, like you were mentioning, even the incompletion was impressive because he could have taken a sack there, but he yep. didn't. He got the ball out. He gave CMC a shot to to make that play. And uh, I'll take McCaffrey's word on it. Okay, man, it was your fault. <laughs> Brock Purdy had a great game, um, 95.2 completion completion rate, as you said. And that's crazy because all through this week we had been talking about like Josh Dobbs having this like impressive completion percentage of the season. And here comes Brock Purdy, who not only now has a higher completion percentage than Josh Dobbs after this game, he is third in, in quarterback completion percentage. Now Brock Purdy is behind only Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson with 72.3% on the season. And so he's top 10 in yards thrown as well. He's, I think what we're seeing, he's growing every single week. He's improving on the things that, you know, maybe aren't perfect yet. A couple weeks ago, you know, he missed three deep balls and two could have been touchdowns, right? In this game, he's hitting Brandon Ayuk for chunk yards. Chunk yards. One of them was like the 42-yarder. Uh, the other one was like a 30-something. So this chemistry that he's building with all of the guys on this offense, I think, is impressive. And I think we're past the point. We're, we're past the point. Well past the point of saying that this is just the scheme. Right. And he, you know, like it's past the point of just saying it's because of these playmakers that they have. Certainly he does benefit from it. Yeah, sure. Every, every quarterback benefits from, you know, the weapons that he has, but it's not just that, you know, I, I, and we're, we're seeing little things improve every single week. And, and I, I'm I'm just so impressed by Brock. Like I don't really see 
next week and these next two weeks against the Cowboys and then the Browns, those two defenses are very good. I think that's going to tell us a lot about, you know, Brock Purdy. He has faced some tough defenses in the past. You know, he did play against the Cowboys defense last season in the playoffs. And we saw how that went. It still ended up being a win. And so these two games, I think, are another good measuring stick for Brock. Because if there's any doubters still, let's see what these two games look like. All right. So I'm I'm excited. Um, I love this uh you know, this nomination for Brock Purdy, I think pretty sure there's like top three guys that to talk about in this game because their performances were just so dominant. And I'll just go ahead with the next one. And for me, it's Brennan Ayuk. Um, He caught all six of his targets, 148 yards. um, And he had 10 plays of 10 or more yards yesterday. Uh, Yeah. Wait. Oh, no, no. Sorry. McCaffrey had 10 plays of 10 plus yards. Ayuk had six plays of 10 plus yards. I just said he had six catches, right? So all of his all of his catches yesterday went for 10 or more yards. That's the thing I'm talking about, the chunk yardage. And yeah, I mean, highest average depth of target in his career, 21.3 depth of target. Uh, and that's really impressive. So I think like me talking about Purdy just now and then talking about Ayuk, I think we're seeing those two like connect on a on a really good level right now. 93.4 offensive grade in PFF for week four, one of the top graded wide receivers in the league. Um Purdy had a 118.8 pass rater passer rating when targeting Ayuk on Sunday. And so I'm just I'm I'm really impressed with what Ayuk is doing. I think he's growing as a receiver each and every week. And I think we're also seeing a quarterback who is willing and has a lot of trust in in Ayuk that he's going to make that play because Ayuk is that dog now, and he he's looking like a top top ten receiver in the league. I know he was asked about that yesterday after the game, um, if he thought he was a top ten receiver or something like that, and he said, "You know what I want to say." Yes, we know what you want to say. I'm going to say it for you. You're top 10 receiver in the league. And so I'm very excited about the growth of Ayuk. And I think this is just the beginning. We're going to continue to see it from Ayuk. This is not the last 49K Player of the Week nomination for him. Uh, So very, very pleased by his performance. I know what Christian McCaffrey did yesterday, but I don't want it to overshadow what Brandon Ayuk did as well. Steph, I agree with you. I had him on my on, on my list as well. Brandon Ayuk is nice, like period. And is it just me, or did he have like the most quiet six for six, 148 yards that you've ever you've ever seen? Like it was. I mean, I guess I don't know if it's because like so much of the focus was on um CMC and you know the completion percentage that Brock Purdy had, but like Ayuk was just like nice with it, just doing what he was doing. Um. Even missing last game, you know, ESPN has him projected at at the pace that he's on right now with 72 receptions, 1,360 yards, and nine TDs. I mean, you're talking like borderline, if not already comfortable in like all pro kind of like conversations. You know what I'm saying? I I, I agree with you. I do think the rapport is there with Ayuk. But you know what? I think the rapport and the, the chemistry is there with Kittle. I think the rapport and the chemistry is there with Debo, like I, I, you know, it's it's a matter of pick your poison in this offense, and like you were saying at the top of the conversation, it's just it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. I mean, you have, I think what I you, I'm sorry, um, uh, uh, Debo touched the ball twice, three times, I think, um, for like six yards running the ball. I don't think that Kittle got the ball yesterday. I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine a game in which Kittle goes for 75, Ayuk goes for 80. Debo goes for 110. I mean, that that is coming. You see what I'm saying? Like that that game is coming. So at any rate, yeah, no, Brandon Ayuk is nice. He was on my list as well. Um, I thought he had a very quiet day, and um, he's just showing who he is. And I think that Brandon Ayuk could have arrived here even sooner, if not for some of the whatever interpersonal stuff that was happening. But you know what? That's water under the bridge. And I think that Brandon Ayuk very well may be um wide receiver one on your San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know you're alluding to the doghouse in which he was in, uh, you know, early on in his career and part of last season. But I do think like that is kind of what 
started the growth right for sure. him and um, maybe not started but like it did kind of force him to you know dig deep and i think he did that and i i do while i'm not always a fan of the doghouse i do think he he kyle shanahan puts his receivers in those situations in order to you know get get them out of it like i don't know it's, it's like a teaching moment you know sure. uh so we've seen Ronnie Bell like skip the doghouse altogether. <laughs> so props to him for that. Right. Yeah, you know, it takes a, a certain type of receiver to be a receiver um, who gets opportunities with the San Francisco 49ers. And Brandon Ayuk has worked up to that point and he's going to continue to grow. And so, hey, the 49ers are going to have to give him a bag after this season the way he's playing. So, you know, credit to him for all he's doing. Um, but right. I'm gonna let you do the the next one. Who's who's your next nominee? Forty nine K Player of the Week. All right. I mean, <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna just a go hunch. ahead. I have I'm, a hunch. Who it I'm is. just gonna go ahead and just go with it. You know, what I'm saying one. His his uh, his dad played for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, he I think he used to get babysat by Kyle Shanahan back in the day. Um, one Christian McCaffrey. I mean, my goodness. I, I mean, when, when, when on that, I think it was his second touchdown when he hurdled that guy and then still had like twelve yards. I was like, that was his first. Oh, okay. I think it was. I tweeted. I was like, I was like, CMC is too I nice. Track. I mean, too nice with it. I mean, and it's to think. You know, I know this is revisionist history in some respect, but to think that some people were like, oh, we overpaid. We overpaid. Hey, listen, at the moment, I had sticker shock, but I was still hyped because it was CMC, right? I was just hoping he could stay healthy and knock on wood. I still, you know, but my point that I'm making is like, it's, it's, it's unreal that the league even allowed us to get our hands on that man. Remember when the, remember when the NBA nixed the trade of, um, I think Chris Paul to like, yeah i was literally just someone else just mentioned this on the show like not too long it might have been yesterday um but yeah like how did the four or how did the league not like just say you can't do that that's my let me tell you i mean we all we all saw it and if you didn't i mean catch it on the replay some on you know your your however you get your 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 uh nfl football 20 carries 106 yards three touchdowns averaging over five uh, five yards a clip. Um, but I want to talk to you about what, what CMC is looking like. And it also brings up something else that maybe isn't as much as a, of a positive, right? So ESPN has him on pace for 340 carries, 1,951 yards, almost 2,000 mm-hmm. yards on the ground and 26 touchdowns. That's, that's just on the ground. That's not, that's not like collectively um, through the air. ESPN also hasn't projected at this pace through four games for 77 receptions, 600 yards and four touchdowns through the air. So, you know, we all know that McCaffrey has been a thousand thousand um, runner and receiver, um, a running back, I should say, excuse me, in the league before. I think that is quite possible in this offense. 340 carries is a lot. Um, McCaffrey is leading the league right now in touches with 98. I, I think that, I don't know that that's sustainable. Um, but I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Maybe you tee that up in something else, stuff. But I'm just saying, I do I do want to bring that context. Um, but but the, the fact that he's getting the ball and the fact that he's doing something with it, hey, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But you also do want to ensure that he uh, he is uh, able to sustain a what's hope, hopefully to be like you know a 20 game season or whatever. So, at any rate. McCaffrey, that's my next. That's my next nominee. Um, I think he is just explosive out there from the first snap to the last one, um, making guys miss, catching balls. You know, um, that's for sure. Like Roger Craig numbers, catching balls in space, bailing out um, Brock Purdy. And I'm not saying bailing out in a negative sense, but yeah, because he gets open. He gets he mirrors yeah. the quarterback, and he he goes and you know. You know he's he's a he's a a, a good uh, safety valve for Brock too. So, but then he just he does something with this. Not one of those checkdowns where he just gets tackled for a yard uh, a game. So, yeah, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that was an amazing amazing game yesterday. I was hoping he would get the record, but Brock did the sneak, which I'm cool with that too. Touchdowns a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, 
he he broke two other franchise yeah. records. Yes. So yes. not one, but two in one game to the tune of 177 total yards on the day and four total touchdowns. That is insane. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, as I teased, I guess he had 10 plays of 10 plus yards uh, on Sunday. And I'm I'm ready to just say, like, let's not just call him the 49K player of the week. Let's call him the MVP through the first four weeks of the season. He leads the league in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, total touchdowns, missed tackles, force, first downs, explosive runs of 10 plus yards. He is doing it. And I Yards don't think I yeah. And, and yep. I know I, I know the concern about his volume. Like I and and the reason we're so concerned about the volume is because his his history of injury. Like I, I think that's that's all it comes down to. And so we're like, oh man, yes, use him, use him, but not that much, not that much. Oh my god. And but like I, I don't blame Kyle because what Chris McCaffrey's doing right now is just so otherworldly that you cannot use him like he's he's so good if you can guarantee if you can guarantee that you can get like at least five yards or something like that like on every run um which i think he he averaged uh let's see here he averaged uh 5.3 yards per carry yeah so let's just let's just say that you can guarantee yourself five yards every carry every play that he touches the ball what do you do that like, I mean, if you were a play caller, you'd be dialing that up all day, too. So I don't blame Kyle. I do understand that at some point you do want to have this, like, cautiousness. But I don't think now's the time. Like, when when would you need to exercise that caution? Like, yeah, I, I think when you're way up on the team and, like, the game's done at that point. You know, we did see Elijah Mitchell at the end of last week's game for that reason. Um, but... Man, it's hard. It's hard when you have someone being that dominant to not want to use him as much as he is being used right now. I know it's tough because I do also think at some point, at some point he he could get hurt. Like that's just the nature of football. Like players do get hurt. Um, but it, it's hard. It's hard. He's he's playing too well right now. You you gotta you gotta ride that. No, you're right. And the reality is, to your point, I mean, no one has a crystal ball. I mean, there. I, I think that by and large, the day and age of the bell cow, you know, running back is long, long gone. But the point I'm making to you is I say all that to say that, like, there was a point in time in which you had, like, the Emmett Smiths, the Jerome Bettises, even the Frank Gores of the world taking, like, every snap under center, even in blowouts, you know what I'm saying? And they were, you know, many times, you know, healthy all year too. So it, you never know. And then you had other people like the year that Brady, like, you know, or even this year, uh, Rogers first game, first, first four plays got hurt. So you can get hurt in any play, but I think that's just, you know, people being, you know, um, not people I'll speak for myself. That's me sometimes being a little like, Oh, like kind of concerned about it, yeah. but Hey, I'm, I'm, it. I'm about it. I'm about it, about it. Like with the, uh, with CMC, um, and you talked about some of one thing I want to mention CMC's in some company, right? With Purdy, right? They're both like number one in the league in a lot of statistical categories. Like Pro Football Reference has Purdy being number one in the league at, with QBR at 84.5, passer rating at 115. This is through four games. Yeah. Uh, adjusted yards per pass with almost 10. And interception rate, he's tied with about, I think, six or seven other quarterbacks that qualified based on the number of passes that they made um, as well because he yeah, has an interception. So, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, the, my, I, I, going back to what I said earlier about the era of Niners football right now, like, I mean, you know, I could understand, like, Jawan Jennings said this a few weeks ago. I can understand how maybe, like, you know, for the most part in the Shanahan era, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot that's been said about, drafting high defensive linemen, you know, building from the trenches on the defensive line and so on, building a strong defense. The the offense is carrying their own water. Like, you know, and there were there were times throughout this, you know, Shanahan era, which we kind of like, you know, all right, offense, come on. You can't always got mm-hmm. you, know, you can't always rely on, you know, yeah. the defense to bail you out and so on and so forth. Offense is doing their thing right now. And you know, you mentioned this earlier as it relates to uh, just the scheme with Purdy and so on and so forth. Purdy, McCaffrey, Ayu coming into his own, Debo being a veteran, Kittle always having that veteran presence, Juice being there as well. Um, 
it didn't look like this otherwise. You know what I mean? Like it didn't look like this prior to now. So I think that says a lot for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I, yeah, I think we can attribute that to two of the guys we mentioned and nominated today, right? Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. I think both of them in their own right have lifted this team up to an extent and together and how they're able to lift other guys. I think on this offense, like we're seeing the offense take on kind of this new level, this new life form (laughs) where they're, they are looking better than the 49ers defense right now. And that's crazy to say because the defense has carried this team for so long. And that's not, and it's not that the defense is doing bad. They're really not. Right. They're Averaging really 15 not. yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 15, sorry, 15 points giving up a game. Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, And so I, the offense is just overshadowing the defense yeah. right now. And that tells you that this team is just very balanced. Right. So it, it, it's a great development, I think in, in this team in especially at this point when a lot of teams are now you know, the 49ers have been in the mix for several years now and now they're kind of changing the way that they're winning games and so i think that just adds a new element to because i, I think in the past other defense um other teams other defenses kind of targeted the offense as like the weak point in particular the quarterback and you know force for the Niners to throw I don't think they yeah. could do that anymore I, I don't agree. think you could do that do it at your may, own risk if I may can I ask I mean I ask um add one more thing to that stuff so the complimentary football piece which we, we've spoken about over the last like a season and a half or so um that's big as of right now you know October 2nd you know going into week five the Niners on offense are third in the league for points scored, and the defense is third in the league in regards to points scored against them. Um, so it's like it's really balanced in that regard yeah. as a, as a, so like you know how they're being um, how well they are in comparison to other the team other teams, and if you if you can ma- maintain that complementary football, um, you know dominance if you will equally being as dominant. I mean, wow, that's going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah, I agree. So we got three guys from Sunday's performance that were worthy of being 49K Player of the Week. Chris, do you have any other names that you want to throw in to the voting here? Yes, my friend. So um, no, it's extra, but, you know, if you if you can't, if you have some time, I'm going to talk to you about this, uh, this player here on the defensive line. So – I wanted to mention, I wanted to show some love to the defense because we did talk about how the offense is, you know, getting the notoriety right now. Let's, I mean, depending on the type of person you are, the type of fan you are, like, you know, offense is what, you know, gets butts and seats. People want to see the big passes and like the touchdowns and, you know, all that good stuff. But like, um, it's the sexier part of football, if you will. But defense is what you always hear wins championships, right? And also, I mean, we got this guy as a free agent this year, Javon Hargrave. I wanted to talk a little bit real quick about, like, why I was throwing his name out there for consideration. Um, Because, you know, I mean, especially on the interior defensive line, you don't always hear about um, their name being called um, throughout the game unless it's, you know, something, you know, big happening, right? uh, But at any rate, so Hargrave had one sack, you know, the only sack of the game, two QB hits which was second. Bosa did have four. Um, Hargrave's got six so far in the year. Bosa's got 10 so far in the year. Uh, he led the defensive line, um, period, in tackles last game and also led in tackles for a loss, which was a tie with another one of the um, players on the defense. So a lot's being said right now about the lack of sacks, right, um, by yeah. the defense. Um, and I feel it too. I I feel myself in the game saying, man, like, you know, we're dominant. Like, you know, how come when I get into the quarterback more? And I'm not trying to rationalize this stuff, I promise, but I will say this, like you can't have sacks without pressures. We are pressuring the quarterback, right? Our sack rate is low, but those pressures will, in my opinion, develop into, into sacks. Um, you know, their scheme that's being done. There's there's reasons as to why, like, you know, they're not getting home. But um, we are getting quarterback hits. Well, you know, Javon Hargrave, you know, has got three sacks thus far. 
Um, he's on pace for 13 on the year, which is which is a pretty solid season. I think we would all pretty, be pretty excited about that if he had 13 sacks as an interior defensive yeah. lineman picking up in free agency this year, so um, this past summer. So I wanted to show some love to someone on the defense. I mean, certainly Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner had more tackles. I mean, because of the game. I mean, they're they're on they're in their, you know, they're they're crashing down the running game, they're involved in the passing game. So by virtue of that, not taking away their effort, but that's why they have some more um uh you know tackles and such. But I did want to sh- to highlight, you know, Javon Hargrave because I think he's been consistent in there, crashing down, being disruptive getting involved. His stats show that as well. Um, And you don't really hear his name very often, but when you kind of like, you know, peel back the onion a little bit and look at, you know, some of the, um, and do a rewatch of the game, um, you'll see that Javon Hargrave was was very disruptive in that Cardinals game. Absolutely. And I agree. I'm glad that we, you know, we're, we're given the chance to give him some flowers here because, yeah, I mean, I, I do think some of what he's doing on defense is getting overshadowed by, you know, some other things. And like we mentioned earlier, this defense is still good. And Javon Hargrave, what he's been able to do in the interior so far, again, I know it's not resulting in many sacks for the rest of the defensive line quite yet. But I think we're, we're going to start to see him fall, maybe as early as this week, because I don't know if, We'll get into it, but I don't know if Dak's like the kind of guy who could be as poised as some of these other quarterbacks that we've seen. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we got our candidates for 49K Player of the Week. So at this point, you guys know what to do. Let us know in the comments who you guys think should be 49K Player of the Week. I know that. Weston already voted for CMC, so we've got one. For, we've got one for CMC, but Weston had that preemptive else, strike. Yeah, he he knew right. <laughs> he didn't even need to hear the our case or need to hear who we were going to mention. He already knew what was up, so I, I respect that. Um, someone in the comments asked Steph, "What did your family say about seeing Brock live in person yesterday?" I mean, you know, I, I talked to my dad earlier today. He got nothing good nothing but good things to say about you know Brock Purdy and of course the game as a whole they had fun at the game yesterday I found out it wasn't my dad's first game like I said um (laughs) on the show yesterday but it was his first game at Levi's so it was an awesome environment uh lots of good energy he said and yeah today is actually my older sister Saida's birthday so shout out to her yeah their birthdays are back to back so um you know birthday shout out to to both of them so let's see let me see some of these votes here let's get these votes in people um but in the meantime uh me and chris are going to talk about some players that we're putting on notice uh and you know i'm gonna just mention one guy because i didn't think anyone really played that badly in this game i'm gonna just mention ambry thomas but i also as ambry thomas like i also want to say Steve Wilkes, <laughs> partially, because Steve Wilkes is the one who keeps putting him out there. Ooh. And I understand, like, I think there was some, some optimism that Ambry Thomas had maybe turned a corner uh, this season and that, you know, last year was just a blip in the radar uh, in preparation for that season and whatnot. He didn't handle the offseason correctly. Uh, but I, I, think, I think we're learning, or Steve Wilkes is hopefully learning that, this Ambry Thomas experiment is not going to end, you know, very well. I think we've seen enough of it at this point to know that maybe this is Zambry Thomas, right? Maybe all he is is a backup in this league. Maybe he's a good backup in this league, maybe. Uh, but I don't know if I'm comfortable with seeing him be a starter, uh, you know, at any point. And I know we saw him a couple times, you know, in fact, the – it was in that 99 yard drive that the Cardinals had. Uh, they, as soon as they saw him in there, they started targeting him. Uh, it was an incompletion on that first, first um, attempt that they made to Michael Wilson with uh, Ambry on coverage. But the second one was a touchdown. So, you know, I, those are the guys that I have on notice. Um yeah, I, I hope we don't have to see too much of Ambry Thomas in the future, unless, of course, there is an injury to Lenore Charverius Ward. 
Yeah, so I'm curious as to, and, and to your point, Steph, I had Ambry Thomas on my list as well. I'm curious as to, I don't know how the Darrell Luter injury in the offseason may have affected or impacted some of this. I, I don't know. Um, but it's, 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 it's baffling to me, right? Like, I don't, you know, we, we saw Ambry Thomas at the end of, goodness, um, the 21 season. I think the 21 season close out the year relatively strong, kind of fall off the face of the earth last year. Um, and not really understand, like, as to the why there wasn't much communication about that or, or much share in the media or by writers or whatever the case. But um, I agree. Um, I had Amber Thomas on my list. I mean, he has been a liability. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, uh, white knuckle time when he comes up in, in the game. In addition to Amber Thomas, though, in a similar fashion, in my opinion, and I could be reading this wrong, and I'll be honest because it's it's difficult sometimes. I don't get a rewatch on every one of the games, but um, I don't, you know, until some, it's, it's clearly obvious there's a rotation of some sort happening that I have not figured, I'm not, I'm not figured that out yet, right? But you'll see Embry Thomas in there, you'll see Isaiah Oliver mm-hmm. in there. Isaiah Oliver had some plays last game. Um, this game, he had some plays, but he also, you know, had some negative plays as well. Uh, to your point about Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes went on record early in the offseason um, talking about how he thought Isaiah Oliver was like the number one um, slot corner on the market um, yeah. available. So, which, I mean, maybe that was true. Maybe the slot corner market wasn't very good this offseason. I don't know. But my point that I'm making is like, you know, I, I expected more of Isaiah of Oliver. Isaiah Oliver is a big, big slot. Like, so, but you know, he, he, he's either, you know, feast or famine. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about him. I got a couple more. So I, I got love for my man. I got love for this guy, but I did not see Elijah Mitchell's name on the injury report all, all, all week. I may have missed that. Sorry if I was, you know, my head was in the sand. Yeah. He got hurt on Thursday. In Thursday. Rock. Okay. Yep. Okay. That, he was okay, out for the game. Okay. That's what it was Thursday. Yep. Because like, I didn't, I certainly didn't see it earlier in the week um, when on Wednesday. Okay, got you. So at any rate, like I, I'm a little worried about Elijah Mitchell. I think when Elijah Mitchell is healthy, he's dangerous straight up. I think he's dangerous, but um, if if he, if he's showing himself to not be able to be dependable or be able to hold up, you know, he's going to be probably someone who the Niners might move on from like they have. Um, I think as, as in the Shanahan and Lynch era, as they have moved on, uh, as they've gotten more years under their belt in, in, in Santa Clara, that they have been quicker to, you know, move on from players. It wasn't so much like that in the beginning, but now I think it kind of is. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Elijah Mitchell in that regard, especially with Ty Avers Price being around, Jordan Mason being around. I know Jordan Mason's getting some more run. But those are initial players that I wanted to mention, um, and especially notably Ambry Thomas, because earlier in, at the top of our conversation, I was talking about, um, some like you know uh, some negatives that were happen that happened and took place in the game that 99 um, yard drive uh, that uh, the Cardinals had was like not not good um, and, yeah. and Thomas was getting exposed on, on on a few of those plays there so but I I'm hoping that um you know it's early in the season game four you know we've seen Thomas lock in before we've seen Steve Wilkes you know get his act together and you know. I think he's still feeling out this guy, these guys, and understand what they can and can't do. Um, and I don't. I, I feel like Shanahan is being a little more vocal because he he has said some. He things. is. I always just talk about that. He's making like these passive aggressive comments, kind of yep. like low key. Yep. That I Not feel as though I haven't really heard made about defense before. You know that. Yeah. Shanahan's, yeah. So I, I've I feel like there's gonna be something. <laughs> I have noticed. Yeah, so it it is interesting. I don't think there's tension there. So passive aggressive makes it seem like there's tension. I don't think Oh yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, there's he he's definitely making some comments. Like, yeah, yeah, I've noticed. I've noticed this. If you're a good boss, if you're a good boss, you demand more of your, you know, staff and you know, so so Wilkes, yeah, he'll come around. I'm not too worried about it, but yeah, that's why he's on notice, lightweight. Um, all right, guys, we have our first unanimous. 49k player of the week in week four it is christian mccaffrey who is oh man alan robbins he he actually broke the unanimous 
like you know how would you say it unanimity um last second here alan robbins with the vote for brock purdy in the 11th hour no more unanimous but <laughs> 49 get player of the week is still christian mccaffrey um with 10 votes so shout out to christian mccaffrey for his incredible performance yesterday i'm looking forward to many more uh you know big christian mccaffrey games in the future and hopefully he Indeed. can keep that consecutive touchdown uh, you know, record going for more games. In fact, this game against the Cowboys, if he gets a touchdown in week five against them, he, he will tie it. Emmett Smith oh, Emmett. Uh, for 14 consecutive uh, touchdowns in a game. So I'm excited for that. And, you know, just really quickly, let's, let's give our high level thoughts on this game. I mean, I'm, I'm ex- like, I kind of alluded to earlier, I'm kind of feeling like, at least for the 49ers defense, I actually think that the Cowboys are an easier matchup for the 49ers than Arizona just was. I mean, am I crazy to think that? Like, Joshua Dobbs has been playing some good ball right now. He was poised. He was getting the ball out quickly. Um, he hasn't turned the ball over. And then you have a quarterback like Dak, who's not very poised when under pressure, who does turn the ball over when under pressure um, and the 49ers kind of have his numbers. So I don't know about, you know, I, I, I know that on uh, the cow as well, as it pertains to the Cowboys defense, they are very good and that's going to be a challenge for this team. But at the same time, the 49ers offense have been looking as good as I've seen them uh, in quite some time and still getting better. So this is going to be a really good matchup Sunday night football at home prime time. Um, But I'm, I'm excited for it. All right. So I think that, um, yes, I mean, I, I, I co-sign everything you just said. I know that we as Niner fans, I mean, I sure as I don't have any love for the, for the Cowboys Um, do not like them. Um, I think that they are a formidable opponent. I'm not saying that I'm overly concerned about the Cowboys. I know recency bias says that we don't have a reason to be, but um, any given Sunday, right? But that being yeah. said, um, I do agree with you. I, I I was impressed with Dobbs over the last few weeks. I I was kind of surprised with him essentially having just joined that team and then you know naming him the you know, starter and everything like that. I was like. Okay, but he's actually been he's been he's been showing his you know showing his thing, um, and I do believe that he's been playing better ball. I, ironically, even though uh, the Cowboys just pasted the uh, Patriots yesterday, I think that said more about you know you know Mac Jones's play and the the Patriots what they were doing in that game. Yeah. Um, but I think that he's been playing better ball than um, Dak Prescott. And interestingly, you know, I think we may have spoken about this stuff. I can't remember either on text message or maybe on one of your lives. But I think that the Trey Lance trade to the Cowboys, let me me rephrase that. I think the Cowboys, you know, taking on Trey Lance and bringing Trey Lance over said more about Dak than it did about Trey Lance. I mean, and we're seeing it right now. I mean, in the offseason, you know, Dak's talking about, you know, I'm going to turn down. I mean, I'm going to cut down on my turnovers and I'm better than this and so on and so forth. And I'm all about having confidence in yourself. That's fine. But he hasn't shown it yet. Right. And, you know, there was already conversations about whether, you know, the Cowboys would be moving on beyond uh, that Prescott after this season or not, or as it was. And then he went and got, you know, Trey Lance and such. So as a backup. But at any rate, I think that my concerns are, you know, lightning in a bottle. Does, you know, Dak, you know, uh, find, you know, some conjure up emotion to straight playoff, you know, defeats, you know, hearing about it in the media. Does he like, you know, somehow have some great game, ball bounces the wrong way, so on and so forth. Um, I think that the way that we win this game, Tony Pollard might get his. I think Tony Pollard is nice. We have yeah. to also keep in mind he got injured in San Fran- Santa Clara last year in that playoff game as well. So he probably is yeah. some type of way about it. You know, NFL's been showcasing him on, you know, segments and stuff during games and such. Um, I think their defense is a little hindered uh, with some injuries that they've had um, as well. But I am confident in Kyle Shanahan. 
I'm confident in Kyle Shanahan and the way that he he attacks the Cowboys. Um, and it's interesting, Steph, earlier, and I know I'm going long here, but I want to mention to you earlier uh, when we were talking about the the, the successes that um, Purdy has had and the success that CMC has had, it's interesting how no one's talking about San Francisco's offensive line, right? Um, you know, and that was a thing, you know, through three weeks. And that was a thing going into this season, much like it was last year. But at any rate, I think that the Cowboys will be a good test to that. Uh, yeah. I think the Cowboys will be a good test to, I say all that to say, to bring it to like, you know, seeing how they're going to hold up against that rush. I think that the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys is legitimate as a D coordinator. I think he's pretty good. Um, so I, I'm all about, you know, the battle test. I'm glad that the game is at home. Sunday night football, all the lights are on. Purdy shows out in those situations. Um, Debo, IU, maybe we see Kittle get more involved in the game plan. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, I think that we win this game. I mean, I know it's earlier in the week and, you know, we're not doing project, you know, predictions or anything in this moment. But I will tell you this. I'm going to say it now. I think that we do win this game. But I think that uh, this is going to be – a continuation of what we have seen with the growth of this, this team this year thus far. Um, and Shanahan is a play caller with this, this squad and the way that we see CMC and the manner in which he is now compared to last year, which was awesome, but with the full off season hitting the ground running, I don't think, I don't think the Cowboys are trying to see the San Francisco 49ers right now. No. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we start to see new wrinkles that maybe oh, yeah. Kyle hadn't shown in the first four weeks of the season. Cause quite frankly, he didn't need to. Uh, so yeah, I think they're going to, they're going to bring out some good game against the Cowboys and I'm excited for it. I'm going to be in the building. I'm, I'm oh, so pumped. It's going to be my first game of the 2023 season. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, guys, uh, that's our show for today. As we mentioned, uh, Chris McCaffrey, 49K Player of the Week for Week 4. Thank you all for voting. Thank you all for watching. Um, if you're still with us, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Appreciate it. We'll have shows for you all week. And, uh, yeah, Chris, thank you for filling in for Weston today. Always great talking to you, man. Me and, too. again, congrats on the new home. Um, and and hope your your business trip uh, as well. You can you can fold up the the Trent Williams jersey after this, <laughs> man. You don't want to wrinkle it. But <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Have a good rest of your Monday, folks. But for now, peace. <laughs>